airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. Um, mm-hmm. Boy. All right. This was, uh, <laughs> this was just one of those days um, where I, just, I feel like I just kind of came in here on two wheels uh, but we're we're good. We did it. This we is, did this it. This is great. Yes. This is great. All right. Um, we welcome. Well, welcome to the show. We got a great <laughs> show planned for you today. Kim Weir is going to join us in the next segment. We're going to discuss her book, The Art of Friendship: Creating and Keeping Relationships That Matter. Um, I thought this was an important conversation to have because this is just one of those things where we talk about the whole person, the total person. You know, what is it that we're often battling in culture, and that's superficial friendships, mm. su- superficial relationships, and. Um, probably some of the greatest deception <laughs> exists online whereby we think we're friends. We think we're in relationship with people, but really yeah. it's just sort of this online persona, this it's online, not real. it's not real. And what the studies tell us is that people are still depressed. Yeah. People probably still feel more. alone. Yeah. <laughs> and they still feel isolated. Yeah. Now I, I was thinking probably feel more depressed because of the uh, illusion of mm-hmm. friendship. It's not real. It's not anything tangible. You know, it's all seemed like it's kind of made up. And and I, there has to be some because of the lack of being able to be face to face in relationships and 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 eye to eye with people, you know, and and having everything to be so social media driven. Yeah, you know, I can I can imagine that the void would be that much bigger. You know, um, meaningful friendships, long lasting friendships take work. Um, it takes more than I think we are often willing to invest because what we have been conditioned to believe yeah. is that it's just a click. Right. You know, these, these friendships are just a, an accept or a decline or a thumbs up or a heart, you mm-hmm. know, but that's not, that's not real relationship. It is a type of relationship, yeah. um, but it is not the type of meaningful relationships that we were designed for. That's why you, you remember, um, you know, to live in isolation or to be in solitary confinement is mm-hmm. a punishment. Yeah, because we're yeah, made to yeah. be in relationship right. with people and, and not just online. Right, right. You know, we're, no, we're right. made to be able to touch people and have face-to-face contact and interaction. I will say this. Now, I know that some people may disagree with me, and, you know, I don't, I don't know your situation personally, but I know that there are many people who believe that they're okay just to be a part of an online church fellowship. Mm. <sighs> yeah, I would... <sighs> Let me say this, and and I want to say it very carefully. When we talk about being made for relationship, being made to be in fellowship with one another, when you look at the each others and the one another's of Scripture, that's very difficult to do in a digital environment. You don't have accountability. You don't have anyone looking in your face and saying, hey, you know, I hadn't seen you in the last couple weeks. You don't have anyone knowing when you don't show up. Mm -hmm. There's no one touching you. You know, who gives account for you? You know, who's the teacher? Right. You know, who's who's, you know, yeah. would take responsibility for your blood. You know and what I'm saying? And human nature would welcome that. I don't I think human nature would say that's how I want it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people all in my, you know. But if we planning to, to go forward in, in Christ, we need that type of, you know, uh, relationship with others. Yeah. Tangible relationships. I just can't imagine that the Apostle Paul would have had this in mind that that Jesus Christ himself would have had this in mind when he talked about his church being built. And you talk about the fellowship of the believers and mm-hmm. creating the body of Christ, the family of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, you could have a hand that's functioning online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what personal use is that to you? Yeah. You need a yeah. physical hand right there. You need to be able to pick right. things up. You need to be able to grab things. And, right. and I think too often we have reduced our personal contact to what we can get online. And it feels just enough real that we are kind of um, pacified. Mm-hmm. You know, just as a pacifier is not a real meal, you know, just as junk food, that's not real food. Right. You know, it pacifies us just enough that we feel like we're in contact with one another when we're really not. Mm. So I'm hoping that by the end of this program that we'll all walk away with a sense of, man, you know, we're built to be in relationship with each Mm. other. Mm. I'm not okay if I don't have people that I can trust to say, man, you know, this is going on with me and Mm. I, you know, and here's another thing, man, we can't trample that. Mm-hmm. When we have those kinds of relationships, mm-hmm. far too many Christians, I think, are flippant when, when it comes to relationships. And, you know, you take people's confidence and you betray it. You say, I got a prayer request. Pray for so-and-so. They're going through this. And it's like, you know, <laughs> gossip under the guise of prayer requests. Man, that's sin. Right. right. <laughs> People yeah. say, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Call it what it is. Yeah. Sin. Yeah, you're right. Anything in your life that you, you know, you're like, I, you know, need to stop doing this. And it's, you know, you're transgressing mm-hmm. and call it what it is. Yeah. Don't make up cute terms for it that will stop you dealing with it. Yeah. You got to actually deal with those things, you're you know. Right. Right. But anyway, I just think that we have moved away from the type of connectedness that is supposed to be ours in the body of Christ where, mm. you know, we cry together, we laugh together, we mourn together. Um, we don't have that. We rejoice together. We don't have those things. It's just sort of reduced to how many followers you can have. I don't, I don't like that whole online thing. You know, you and I talk about this mm-hmm. a lot. Um, there is a, there is a type of rat race that exists on social media, which mm-hmm. is why you're not going to get a whole lot of hoopla from us on social media. We mm-hmm. post what we're thinking. Um, we post stories that we think, you know, are important or valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see us posting our stories, but we are not social media junkies mm-hmm. and on purpose, mm-hmm. not because it doesn't draw us, not because it doesn't like beckon saying, hey, mm-hmm. come here and get yeah. status. Hey, come here and be validated. But but we resist it actively because we don't like the direction that it pulls people in. Yeah. You no longer care about people. You just care about the numbers that they represent. How much traffic do I have? Mm-hmm. How many people are following mm-hmm. me? How many people like my this? Oh, I despise it. Yeah, I despise it. I think it creates the type of superficiality that is not supposed to be ours in the body Mm -hmm. of Christ. We're called to genuine relationship. Yeah, we're called to genuine friendship. And if you see people as opportunities, Mm. you've lost your humanity. Yeah. If people just become clicks Mm -hmm. and numbers to you, you know, and this happens a lot. Yeah. Among professing Christians who have a quote unquote platform. Yeah. We don't like it. Yeah, you know, the thing is, too, we have to really guard in the day and the age that we live in, you know, not to lose uh, the fellowship with the believers. Amen. You know, I'm thinking about, well, I'm reading a book. One of the books that I'm reading is uh, about William Wilberforce. And I'm to the part where they talk about the Clapham uh, circle. Oh, yeah. 
And there was a guy who actually spearheaded this idea. He he wanted to get this group of people together because he felt like it would be good for mutual edification. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all uh, around the the the, the topic of uh, abolition of uh, slavery. Yeah. And so he was like one of the spearheads to like get all these different groups, these people together. William Wilberforce became like the leader of that group. Wow. But they they all that their kids married the other kids, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Like it was just this group, and a lot was done because of that. Uh, having those group of people like minded together, and I think mm-hmm. that's the beauty even of the local church. Yes, we can't shun the local body of Christ, you know. And yes, there's a global body of Christ, but man, in your in your city, you know, where you are, mm-hmm. do you have a group of believers that you're linking arms with and that you're uh, uh, working together with for your community? Mm-hmm. You can't lose that because of the social media and the online stuff. You know? Absolutely. And and I'll say this, you know, speaking specifically of women, and I'm sure that there are men's uh, names that we could rattle off as well, mm-hmm. but I think of some of the um, high profile um, women teachers, uh, mm-hmm. women who teach other women, like mm-hmm. that be very specific there, but I think of some of the high profile names yeah. that, you know, we often look to those women as, oh my goodness, if I could get them, if the, if I could do this and, and they could come and then I could read this book and all of these things. Mm. But to your point about the local congregation, I guarantee you that there are women who have the gift of teaching mm-hmm. in right your local the, congregation that we ignore because they don't have the social media footprint. Come on, come on. We ignore them because they don't have the books on Lifeway shelves come and things on. like that. We ignore them because they don't have the big, you know, Twitter following. Right. And we do that to our own detriment because yeah. these people who build these huge platforms sometimes hat maker us out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I see what you did there. You see what I did there? <laughs> you know, we follow them. They build these huge platforms. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. just when we think that there's nothing that they can do greater, I yeah. mean, they are just the best thing. Then all of a sudden they come with this new teaching with this, this new false doctrine. And you're like, right. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I had your books and I had your devotionals and all of these things. Right. And so what I'm saying is we develop real relationships with people. Mm-hmm. When we develop genuine friendships with people, then we are content to be ministering and operating on a local level within our own congregation. And that's, that's, a, that's a beauty in that because you know where those people stand. You, right. you rub you see them elbows every week. with them. Yeah. You, you understand that they are living for Christ. You know, they have this gift of teaching. They're able to, to do that, but you know their life because you're living life with them. That's exactly right. We can't right. lose that in the body of Christ. Look, if I, if I, if I travel the country and you've got thousands of women who want to hear me speak on a topic or who would come out to hear me minister Mm-hmm. And my local church, the women who are a part of my local church would never listen to two words that I string together. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. I wasn't joking. When we were at Faith Baptist uh, mm-hmm. just this past weekend, mm-hmm. when um, a contingent of our church came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't joking. That, was that awesome. means a lot to me. Yeah. Because they could be like, oh, that's, that's not, just them. <laughs> right. Yeah, we don't care. You know, that's the family, but to man. say that, you know, family. you know, people and mm-hmm. you know that their lives align with what they say, yeah. that means a lot. Yeah. And we don't get that when we have social media relationships. That's true. We that's don't, true. you know, now we have the opportunity to expand those relationships. Right. And hopefully every now and again, you get to meet these people in person. Like and the cherubin. Like the cherubin. <laughs> exactly right. You know, but, um, but largely what we have is just a, you know, collection of persona. Yeah. And uh, and people tend to be drawn to that. But hopefully what well, we can have a conversation around today and by the time we get to the end of the show, um, all develop the right conviction that we need to have relationships with people who can speak into your life. And I don't mean to sound cliche, 
But if you don't have someone in your life mm. who can warn you, mm -hmm. if you don't have someone in your life who can say, hey, I'm concerned about this, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to have people in your life who tell you how great you are. Yeah. yeah. We love fans. Mm -hmm. We love people who only sing our praises. That's mm. very, very easy. Mm -hmm. Your friendships are often defined by the moment that you have that kind of friction where That's the person right. is like, you know, I think that was disrespectful of your husband. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you should have. I, yeah. You know, when your friendship can pass that test, then it's strong. Yeah, then you, it, it, you got a yeah, real you friendship. You didn't gain something right there. You understand? Yeah. Because a lot of us jump ship when that happens. Yeah. I've, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to disciple women. Now, mm -hmm. I've had to roll that back mm -hmm. um, with our kids because I'm mm -hmm. discipling people. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, but I love to disciple women because I believe that that is where the depth of ministry takes place. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for me to minister to 200, 300 women, right? But it's something totally different for me to walk with one mm. or two mm. sisters in the Lord and yeah. see them grow in yeah. God. Yeah. And a lot of people don't make it out of phase one or two with me. Yeah. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. And an enemy multiplies kisses. That's right. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? So when we have deep friendships and deep relationships, we're able to look each other in the eye and, and we're able and look and I and and. Here's the thing, though. When you are discipling someone, it doesn't mean that that person is not going to be able to turn to you and say, hey, that was harsh. Mm -hmm. You hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. I've had people say that to me. Mm -hmm. Hey, you hurt my feelings. That was really strong. That was really harsh. And so we've got to have a kind of humility where we say, I didn't mean for that to hurt your feelings. Yeah. You know, you can make a distinction, right? You yeah. can say, you know what? I didn't mean for that to hurt your feelings, but I did mean what I said. Mm. That was wrong. Mm -hmm. What you did was not godly. Mm -hmm. What you did was not fitting of one professing godliness. Right. This is what the Bible intends for us to do. Amen. If older women are to be teaching younger women mm -hmm. how to be faithful, how to be keepers of their home, how to love their children, how to respect and honor their husbands, you know, this is where the growth of the church happens. Amen. That's right. Lord, help us. This is the heartbeat of the church, and we have ripped it out. Mm. We want to outsource that. Look, I, you know, Can't I don't have anything that. against videos. I don't have anything against sitting around mm -hmm. a, a campfire. People mm -hmm. love doing those things. But, man, I'm saying get your hands dirty. We want to be fishers of men. Mm -hmm. When we catch them, as mm -hmm. you say, let's mm -hmm. clean them. That's right. That's let's right. walk with people. Let's love people. Let's be willing to be uncomfortable for a moment that people grow in their knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. They grow in their convictions. This is the heartbeat. This is what Amen. we're supposed to be doing. Got to grab the break. Aaron Lee Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take the break and come right back. Stay close. Pillar of my body, pillar of my soul. God of all power who makes all things whole. I need your mercy. Welcome back. Oh, man. 
Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American <laughs> Family Radio. It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes one of the songs that we come back with just grabs me. Amen. Well, and uh, and I think, you know, let's, ha- let's have a moment where we focus on this, right? Mm-hmm. God is still healing people. Amen. Well, one of the things that we cannot disconnect from his power to heal is that he is also sovereign. Mm. And that is so difficult sometimes for us to reconcile. When you are praying for someone, you're asking the Lord to do something. And often we will say, Lord, your will be done. But, you know, we don't really mean that. Yeah. We're just kind of like hoping that it's also what we want. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, Lord, your will be done. That is mine mm. on this earth, you know. And so knowing who God is does not is not compromised right? Because the outcome that we're seeking, we don't get. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the enemy will seize an opportunity to cause us or to tempt us to accuse God. Mm-hmm. And really it's because we have a plan and, you know, I hate to say it this way, but we think that we're sovereign <laughs> and we think that our plan is the best plan, yeah. Yeah. but there is safety and there is great contentment, I would say, and knowing that God is who he says he is and uh, that you can trust him. You can trust his sovereignty. You don't um, take out any of his attributes just to get the result that you want, Mm. right? So you don't just seek the love without the justice, Mm. right? You understand? You don't just seek the mercy without the sovereignty and all of these things. We... The Lord God is who he is. Amen. He is the great I am. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that was Cam with Healer. You were made for meaningful relationships, people. Mm Mm-hmm. You were made to move beyond the social media facade of having a lot of friends. Yeah. There's more to friendship than just likes. And we're going to talk about that right now as we talk about Kim Weir's book, The Art of Friendship, Creating and Keeping Relationships That Matter. Kim Weir is an author, speaker, humor columnist, humor columnist, and radio talk show host on countries on the country's number one Christian radio station, KSBJ in Houston. Yeah. I don't know if it's number one, Kim. Yeah, it's number one. Well, so let's say this. Number one in major market in Christian. Uh, they, I forget all of the little things. Thanks for letting me in on y'all's conversation. You, know, you are so <laughs> kind to have today. <laughs> Kim, you know, I've, once I hear that you're a humor columnist, and I know we can joke a little bit. We can just kind of relax a little bit here and have a conversation about friendship, but also have a, a little friendly competition that your radio station is not number one, Kim. <laughs> You know what? Anybody thinking the truth of God is number one. You know? That's a good answer. The truth of the gospel. So speak it out, sisters. Speak it out. Oh, my goodness. I'm just having a little bit of fun with you. I'm so glad that you're on with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Kim. Oh, I'm so excited. Just a. Just hang out with you guys. So thank you. So would you take a moment just to kind of give our listeners a little bit of your background in ministry as a Bible teacher, um, women's ministry director, and talk about the kind of perspective that you bring to the work that you do? Oh, well, thanks for asking a little bit about me. You know, I I think I look back. I just came from from Bible study today. I'm a women's ministry leader in our own home church as well. And so I get the joy of organizing and preparing and and creating an environment for women to come and deeply dive into the Word of God for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love doing it because I know the transformation it brought about in my own life. Um, Nikki and Will, but I think particularly Nikki, you could probably relate to this. I remember going to my first ever Bible study uh, (laughs) as a young mom and feeling terrified and not knowing the difference between Noah's Ark and the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. You know, just they both said Ark. and gradually watching the Lord 
bring about an understanding of spiritual truth because of his spirit and his faithfulness to want to be known and and how it's transformed my life in knowing who he is. I know who I am mm. and I know my purpose in the world. So what a delight to help other people along that journey. And I think that's just my passion for everything that I do in ministry is how do I help someone else capture that same uh, realization that God wants to be known Amen. and so can will find him. So I think that's really where I come from. My life is a mess like everybody else's, and I'm happy <laughs> to tell you about that so that you'll feel better <laughs> about your life. And so, you know, it comes out humorous. I mean, I don't mind if y'all laugh at me, but that, that kind of, um, there is that thing about transparency yes. that helps us really value each other that's right. and break down barriers. And so there you go. Well, I would, I would just, you know, change the preposition. We, we will laugh with you. We, we will not <laughs> oh, laugh at you. That's I mean, kind of you, but there are plenty that laugh at me. And it's okay. <laughs> so can I'm you, too far of an open book. I'm okay with that. I love I it. I laugh at it sometimes. I love it. So you've been involved in ministry for the past 20 years, and I'm sure that in your 20 years of ministry experiences, especially, especially ministry experience to women, um, that yeah. is that is a unique calling that we as women have. It's a privilege and it's an honor that the Lord calls us um, to do this type of work. And I'm sure that a lot of your own personal experiences experiences have led to um, writing this book about friendship. Can we talk a little bit about what prompted you to write this book? You know, I I, I think yes, because I um, am involved in women's lives to a, a great extent, and I really see the commonality. Here's the thing I've learned. If I'm going through it, you've probably been through it. Mm. And if you're going through it, chances are I've got echoes of it. Mm -hmm. um, so as I started dealing with these relational issues in my own life, um, it became clear to me through the work that I do, the ministry work that I do, that this is common with a lot of women. We struggle with relationships in general, but specifically, we struggle in the area of friendships. We crave them so much, and yet we find so many places of dysfunction. For me, when I was growing up, uh, Nikki and Will, I moved every two years. My parents weren't in the military. We were just weird. Every two years. So just when I would finally, after about 18 months, start to make some friendships, we move again. Wow. And so I never, I just created some really dysfunctional patterns about how to be in relationships with people hmm. from growing up. And I didn't recognize that, of course, until I looked back. Fast forward to I finally land in a spot. We're going to live here a long time. And I'm trying to make friends. And thankfully, you know, when you're a mom, you kind of have that built-in arena, other young moms. Mm -hmm. And you have this, this place where you can have relationships and you've got sort of these things in common. But as the years went by and my kids got older, I realized we started pulling inward and pulling away from our friends because it took so much energy to be the mom of four junior high and high school kids. You mm. want to focus on them. You want to be the home where other people's kids can come. I looked up one day and realized, oh, my gosh, I don't even have any friends anymore. Wow. And not only that, I'm feeling insecure about it. I don't know how to rebuild friendships. What do I do? Kind of a, a lot of that is chronicled in this resource. But the bottom line is it was a sort of come to Jesus literally moment about friendship. Mm -hmm. Lord, there's got to be more than just waiting for somebody to call me or figuring out who I'm going to go on a girl trip with. Yeah. So I just dug into the Bible and said, I want to know what you want out of friendship. It was transformative for me to realize mm. he literally has a, friend, a, a plan for friendship, not just marriage, not just parenting, not just being part of community. He has a biblical plan for friendship. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Let's talk a little bit about yeah. that, Kim, because at, at this point, I mean, I think our ento- entire audience is just kind of captivated because I think sometimes we think of friendships as dispensable. We're like, yeah, you know, I could take it or leave it. I don't really, I don't have space in my life for that right now. Um, if something's got to go, then it can be friends. Like, you know, I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to work on my ministry. You know, friends, maybe I'll deal with that when I have the space. But let's talk about God's design for friendship as you discovered in his word. Well, you know what's so interesting? I think you're right. That is our, our feeling, uh, Mickey, is that um, it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. We all want it, but we don't all feel like we have time for it or we don't know how. So many people are lonely uh, because they are without friends. Mm-hmm. And not only are they lonely, but they, they, since they don't know what to do, it's almost like they've thrown up the white flag. Mm-hmm. Well, this is my life. I mm-hmm. guess there could be worse things. I just will be a lonely person. I won't have friends. And they surrender. And all of that is just so sad because we know innately, we, we long for friendship somewhere deep inside us, the craving keeps coming up yeah. to want to know, be known and to know people. And it turns out there's a reason for that. It is in our DNA. We were created for it. Um, think back to uh, creation. God spent six days making millions and billions of kinds of organisms and creatures and things, everything from you know thorn bushes and, and thistles and stars and platypuses and lice and, and <laughs> scorpions. And then he makes one more thing. He makes man. And out of all the things that he created, there's only one thing that he declared not good. I thought it would be the lie. It wasn't the lie. <laughs> it was man in his aloneness. Mm. God said not good. That's good, Kim. Out of everything he created. And the reason is, is because he said, let us make man in our image. And there's a clue. Our, us. God is in relationship. God is an us. Now, we don't fully understand how he can be, you know, one God in three persons. But he is. And if he made us in, our, in his image, then he expects us, he, he put it in our DNA to be in relationship with each other. Now, of course, marriage can help satisfy that usness. Faith community can help satisfy that usness. But there is another avenue for everyone that satisfies that usness and that friendship. And I would say to you, it is the one place God called everybody. He didn't call everybody into marriage. Mm-hmm. But he does call everybody into friendship. So... I'll let you soak that in for a minute. But That's then, really good. You know, mm-hmm. after your thoughts on that, I'll tell you that the answer to it is in John 15, mm-hmm. where Jesus gives the specifics. No, that's really good. Do you want, do you want to unpack that for us, or do you want us to just go on assignment with that later? Like, <laughs> well, I, I, just I just didn't want to monopolize. Oh, <laughs> no. You you're, let me tell you why. something. Scorpion. <laughs> Kim, let me tell you something. Um Will, Will the Great and I are just a couple of cucumbers here. We're so like, we don't, we're not going to be offended. So if, if you are, if you've got a flow going, and which, by the way, you just did, you had a flow going, <laughs> um, we're not going to jump in on you because I, I <laughs> we, we want to hear from you. I, but I, I will do this, though, since you, since you stopped. I, I will ask this question. I was just thinking, um, yes. it's so difficult for women to make friends. Now, I know that there might be men who are listening and, you know, they may say, well, it's, it's yeah, difficult it's for us, that, too. It's yeah. not easy. But it's a different type of difficult, Kim. Like, yeah. it's a, you know, women have this dynamic here that, Lord, you know, for better or for worse, you know, it can be a bit much. Um, how do we overcome that and, you know, make friends? How do we develop these friendships that really, you know, this is what God expects us to do? So that is a great question. And in and of myself, I will tell you, 
I have no wisdom. And that's why I got stuck. Because all the answers that we come up with that we think are so brilliant. I was thinking about what you said at the intro to this. You know, we have a plan and mm-hmm. we think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we forget to step back and say, but God, did you have a plan? Right. And mm-hmm. can I believe that if I follow that plan, it's better? And so it wasn't until I discovered God's plan. My plan was, I'll just try to impress people. Then they'll want to be my friend. Or, you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll try to have a lot of friends. Or I'll pursue what looks like the most popular friend that everybody else wants. Uh-oh, now I've been rejected because she has too many friends. Come so on, Kim. my plan didn't pan out. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so let me tell you the plan that I did find, though. That's such a great question. Uh, I think ultimately it boils down to three things that Jesus um, shared. So, of course, we know that God says, uh, God's Word says that Jesus is the exact representation of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He is the fullness of God. So he is God with us. So God, in the Old Testament, he actually calls himself a friend. Um, Abraham was a friend of God. And so Jesus, as he did in so many things, gave us a living illustration of what exactly does all that God has already told you look like? Mm. Um, how can I explain this to you more? So if you jump into John 15, Jesus is talking to his close companion. And up to this point, they are his companions. They are his followers. But then he tells them this. He says, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than to lay down his life for one's friends. And then he says this amazing thing. You are my friends. Mm. If you do what I command, I don't call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, this is Jesus speaking, I call you friends for everything I've learned about my father, that my father's made known to me, I've made known to you. And then he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you, now go love each other. In there is a threefold plan for how to be a friend like Jesus. Um, He, number one, he's willing to lay down his life. Now, that word actually can be translated forfeit, which is what Jesus did, he forfeited his life. That word also translates to set aside one's life. In other words, allowing you not to be the center of gravity, that you lay aside your own priorities for your friend's priorities. In other words, that it's more focused on your friends than it is focused on you. That's number one. Second, he says, everything I learned from my father, I'm known to you. Transparency, honesty, trust, all of those are incredible uh, essential elements to friendship, according to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, I didn't, you didn't choose me, Jesus said, I chose you first. You could sum that up in a go-first philosophy. I'm not waiting for you to reach out to me. I'm not Mm. sitting at home pouting. I'm going to go first. I'm going to be risky. I'm going to be vulnerable. And I'm going (laughs) to pursue you rather than thinking that the only way to have a friend is to wait for you to pursue me. Mm. Those three things, I mean, there's so many other ways that we need to know to work it out. But ultimately, those three things are the core of friending the way Jesus friends. Mm. And not only can you do that, you're commanded to. He says, go love the way I love. How do I love? I love as a friend. And so it is one of the few places where all of us get that same relationship command. Not all of us are commanded to marry. We are all commanded to go friends like Jesus' friends. Kim, this is so awesome. good. I am I am so enjoying this and, and Will is making faces at me, <laughs> which, you know, could be the equivalent of like the oh, Holy Spirit on. nudge. I don't like when you do that. I don't need you tapping on me when people are talking. 
Oh my goodness, it's so good. Let's grab this break here. Uh, Kim Weir is our guest. Uh, The book we're discussing is hers. It's The Art of Friendship, Creating and Keeping Relationships That Matter. We've got a copy to give away when we get back from the break, so keep listening. We'll give you an opportunity to get it. And more of our conversation with Kim Weir when we return. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio, the number one radio station in the world. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We'll be right back. Okay, Will, you know, every day is a new opportunity for you to get it right. So you've been poor in establishing and building friendships. Uh, what? And I hear that, you know, as Kim is speaking, there's a lot that you can <laughs> apply here. I don't I don't want There's a lot know, I can apply. Yes. Oh goodness, you <laughs> always ruin my jokes. But you know, just being so will about this. Well, I, I mean, wish you would be all I can be. You gotta keep it will. You know, yeah. You see what I did there? You gotta keep it will. I like You can that. use it if you want. I if you want, keep, you can have it. Will. It's yours. Yes. It's yours. Uh, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's. <laughs> welcome to. Oh my goodness. Sherry B over in Studio <laughs> CC. She's shaking her head at us. She's like, "This is what I have to deal with every day. It's disgusting." Um, welcome back Let's to Aaron the Addison's on, <laughs> on American <laughs> Family Radio. Um, Kim Weir is oh our guest, boy. and boy, I got to tell you, I'm enjoying this conversation. The book that we are discussing is The Art of Friendship, Creating and Keeping Relationships That Matter. And mm. Sherry B. right now is on standby. If you're caller number 10 and you will benefit from this book, you can call Sherry B. and you get a copy of it, 888-589-8840, 888 Caller number 10 picks up a copy of this book, The Art of Friendship, Creating and Keeping Relationships That Matter. Kim Weir is the author of it, and she's talking about it uh, today with us. And Will is learning so much, Kim. (laughs) I am loving that. So I have to ask Will this question. So, so Will, you've been listening to this whole conversation, and you've been probably internally going, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, can you hear that? Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this question, because um, men and women— while we're all meant in God's image, we, we work that out in different ways. <laughs> what do you think, from your male perspective, what do you think is one of the obstacles for men developing intimate, deeper friendships with other guys? Oh, man, I think transparency. I think we're hard mm-hmm. to, like, open up. You know, it can't go too deep because, you know, we get kind of maybe intimidated or we don't. We just don't want to go there. So I think being transparent with someone it's probably, for me, I, I would think the hardest part of developing a, a real friendship. Mm. So how do that's you... That's so interesting. Go ahead, Kim. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's interesting because for women, we crave to be transparent. Mm-hmm. We just want to trust somebody. And for men, they're like, please don't ask me to be transparent. <laughs> right. But I know that's the only way to get a friend. So isn't it funny because it doesn't negate either one of us. God's model is you can't have biblical friendship modeled after Jesus without it. So yeah. That's interesting. Thanks for sharing that insight with me. No yeah, problem. I'm glad you asked him that because I know that there are um, men listening to the program who would have a different approach to this. So I'm, I'm grateful for your insight on that, Will. You know, I think sometimes in, when we were talking earlier and, and talking about what kind of keeps us from relationships, maybe I'm wondering, and, and Kim, I, I'd like to hear from you on this, if there's something that maybe we think 
is not beneficial in our friendships or we think that these things are dispensable, but there is much to gain from honest and deep friendships. What is it that we as women and men are missing out on when we don't have deep, honest friendships? Oh, that is a really great question, Nikki. Um, I would let me let me answer that in two different ways because sure. one is regarding the spiritual obligation in relation to the command, and the other is because God always commands things that He knows are also for our good. Amen. Um, in in some way, even if that good is bringing Him glory. In this case, it brings Him glory and it benefits us. So, so let me back up to the things that Jesus was saying. He was saying, "Look, I, I command you to go love other people the way I've loved you." And here's the description of how I love. It's friend love. Um, there are There is this incredible phenomenon uh, that we see unfold in God's Word. And it basically is it's sort of an upside-down um, uh, theology where things that exist up in heaven, He gives us demonstrations of down on earth. We like to think about it the other way. Oh, if it exists on earth, maybe God will make it exist in heaven. Um, but that's not the way the Bible um, discloses it. Come on. It's what's in heaven he then gives us a shadow of on earth. Yes. So even things like the tabernacle, you know, when he told Moses to build it, it's because there was already one in heaven, and this is modeled after it. Mm. But even in relationships, think about the relationship, the heavenly relationship that exists between Christ and his church. Okay, there is an earthly shadow that helps people see and understand more what that relationship is like. It's called marriage. Come on. Um, God is the Father in heaven. He's always been Father. He didn't look down and go, oh, look, there's fathers and children. Hey, I'll just call myself a father so they understand it. <laughs> Come it's on, the other way yeah. around. Yes. God is Father, has always been Father. So in His wisdom, He created a relationship that would mirror that, to show what He's like. Mm. Friendship is actually one of those. It is not a byproduct. It is an intentional uh, relational dynamic that when we do it the biblically patterned way Jesus tells us to, it's not just for us. It gives a picture to the rest of the world, the unbelieving world, what Jesus is like. He is the unconditional friend who will put the other first, who will share and be known and be seen and disclosed, hmm. who will choose first. That is a picture of Jesus that we give to the world when we do friendship his way. So that's the number one thing that we miss wow. out on. We miss out on being a partner with God in doing that and showing him that way. The other thing we miss out on is this craving that we have for intimacy that is built into us. We want to be known, right? Mm -hmm. We want somebody to know us for who we really are. We hate putting up masks, even though we do it. Um, and so to find that kind of satisfaction of being known and loved for who we're created to be, um, to know that we're cared about, that is such a sweet thing that the Lord has provided. Um, and we do miss out on that. I think one of the reasons we miss out on this, and this may be more for sure of a gal thing than a guy thing, um, Nikki, you can address this, is we kind of self-sabotage. <laughs> mm. we, we want friends, but then we think we're not worthy. Or if they really knew me, then they wouldn't want to be my friend. Or they already have friends, they're not going to want me. And we let this voice in our head talk us out of taking the risk to be a friend. I don't mm. know if that's part of your experience, Nikki, or not. No, I, well, I, I have not personally had that experience, but I, I know that it exists. I'll tell you what my personal experience is since it's just me and you talking, Kim. Yeah, um, I want to hear it. It's just, just me and you, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Ain't, ain't right. nobody else listening. Ain't nobody else listening. I'm not going to tell. Exactly right. No, but one of the things that's been an obstacle, so Will the Great and I have five kids, and as my dynamic changes in life, I have found that sometimes it requires a great amount of effort 
to maintain relationships. I think that for some women, not all, some women are great at making friends, but then even as you're describing this, Kim, this is work. This is effort. It's not something yeah. that just self-maintains. You have to put work yeah. into your relationships. And so I find that that sometimes is overwhelming for me because I'm praying for my friends, right? And so when they're walking through struggles, I'm walking through that with them. And sometimes it feels overwhelming. And, and there then, you know, is this thought of like, well, if you shrink your world, Maybe you don't have to have so much that is your concern, but man, you know, the conviction that I'm, I'm feeling today is that that's not God's plan for us, that we need to stretch ourselves. We need to extend ourselves. There is a definite cost to friendship. You have to invest the way Christ invested. Thankfully, hopefully, our friendships will not lead us <laughs> to an actual demise as Christ laid down his literal life, mm. but he is setting a model for us of self-sacrifice. Now, that's not to say that there are not seasons when you can give yourself to more people than you can. I, I mean, I described what you're describing, that season when my kids were in junior high and high school, that, you know, I pulled back. I pulled way too far back. I could have pulled back some and done it in a way that still modeled Christ's friendship. Um, part of it, too, I think we pull back when we're going through stuff to avoid transparency, mm -hmm. to avoid being honest with people. I'm not Wonder Woman. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I can't do it all. We don't want mm -hmm. to say that out loud. Come on. Gosh, that shows a lack of faith, right? I mean, there are all these things. It's just every relationship is so complex. Um, but I, I appreciate that you brought up that it is a cost. The world's definition of friendship is that it's going to be easy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be all about me. Right. And those are all antithesis to what Jesus says true friendship is. And until we are willing to say, number one, I believe God's model will be a superior model. Mm -hmm. And number two, I'm willing to learn what that model is. And number three, I'm willing to put it to the test. Mm -hmm. There is no way to discover that except mm -hmm. to just do it. Um, I think one of the things that's scary for people about this model is because it is so others focused. Mm -hmm. Then we go, but wait, I'm the one craving relationship. I'm the one craving to be known. What, what about me? What about me? The truth is, this is how sweet God is. When we are obedient to him, we cannot outgive him. Mm -hmm. And he is so kind to boomerang back those relationships and feed into our deep needs of our soul with the very thing that we think we're laying our hands open with. And so there's something so winsome and so magnetic to other people when we behave the way toward them that Jesus calls us to. They can't help but turn around and and, and sort of feedback into us. There is this, this symbiotic thing that happens, but it starts with us being willing to go first, open-handedly, hmm. make it about other people. Um, it, it's just one of those things that you have to put it to the test. Mm, you know, you can't just good. know it, you got to do it. That's good, Ken. Yeah, you know, as you were talking about uh, friendships and, you know, just this, how they laid out in the scriptures, a scripture came up in my mind where Jesus said, um, uh, they would know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. I never thought of that scripture in light of like friendships, but mm -hmm. that, that's just something that, that kind of peaked in my mind when I thought, when I thought about that scripture, I was like, man, you know, uh, just the friendship and the bond between the disciples and the love that they show to one another is a representation that they are his. Wow. You know, that's good. And so I, that was just something that I, I, I thought about as, as we were talking about families and, and well, friendships and, and, and the scriptures. 
Yeah, I love that you made that connection. It's really interesting. When when Jesus is talking in John 15, the verse we were talking about earlier, and describing to them this friend's love, he used the word agape. Mm-hmm. Now, he could have used, of course, there are five different words in that common language of the day for love. It's not mm-hmm. like, I love pizza, I love my mother. You know, mm-hmm. They had five different words to distinguish the kind of love. He chose a very specific word, agape, mm-hmm. which is a divine kind of love. It's the kind of love God has for those he created, for his people. Um, he could have said, I agape you, now phileo each other. In mm-hmm. other words, I, I divine love you, but you can't do that, so you just go sort of brotherly love each other. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He said, I agape you, now you go agape other people. Oh, um, wow. And so it is a powerful thing to know that the expectation is high. He's mm. saying, of course, you can't do it by yourself. Of course you can't. But my spirit is in you, and it is not I that live, that Christ that lives in me. And so I can allow him to help me override my own selfish nature to love in this way. One of my favorite connections, thanks for making that connection, one of my favorite connections back to that same word of love, agape, because it's sort of like, okay, well, I see telling you love each other, but this sounds really hard. How do I do it? Okay. So glad you asked that question because there's actually a step by step guide on agape love. If you jump over to First Corinthians 13, we mm. always think about it as the love chapter, like mm. romance and wedding. <laughs> it's actually agape, mm. it's not romance. That That's would good. be Eros uh, love. This is agape friend love, and it gives you a very um, clear guideline about how to interact with each other because it's a love that does, it's not a love that feels. Jesus didn't say, I feel emotionally for you. He said, I do love for you. These are the things I do, and those are expressions of my decision to love. Mm -hmm. So 1 Corinthians 13 are all do expressions of love. So think about what it says that love is. First of all, it says what it's not. You know, it's not, you know, speaking in tongues or having wisdom or, or having faith to move mountains or giving things away. You can do all those things, but he also says, but if you do it without agape, love, friend, love for one another, you are nothing, you have nothing. Hmm. And then he goes through and says, okay, well, let me tell you what it is. Agape friend love is patient. Who am I patient with? So think about overlaying these words to a specific relationship. Hmm. Once you think of a relationship you have in your life right now, Hmm. everybody think of one. Okay, now ask yourself this. Am I patient with that person? Am I kind to that person? In a circumstance recently, have I envied that person? Do I boast to try to impress that person? Where has my pride led to disagreement? Do I dishonor them? Have I gossiped about them or broken trust? Have I been self-seeking only what I can get? Am I angered and keep a record the times they offend me? Do I delight when they fall into sin because it makes me feel better about myself? Mm. Or do I rejoice when they grapple with truth? Do I protect? Do I trust? Do I hope? Do I persevere? That is the guide to the agape love that Jesus says we're to have. He doesn't leave us out here alone. He actually says, here, let me walk you through this and show you what it looks like. Oh, Kim. Mm, that's good. Kim, this is, I am, I am enjoying this so much. You just have no idea. And we've come down to the last couple of minutes of the show, so I want to make sure that I ask you this question so that all of our listeners can connect with you and keep up with what you're doing. Uh, where can they get a copy of the book? And then where can they hear more from you and learn more about what God is using you to do in the lives of women? Well, I, I hope the, bl- the book would, would bless you and, and help you bless other people. Um, anywhere books are sold, Amazon or CBD or um, I, in, any of the online places or your local bookstore. Uh, of course, you know, you can support them. We want you to check it out. But I would love for you to connect. There's several ways. Um, KimWeir.com. 
and it's I before E, except after C. It follows that rule. <laughs> so BMWIER.com. Um, so there, and there's a couple of links on there that I would point you to. There's a great website called HopeOnDemand.com. It's all things hope. I actually have a daily devotional that you can subscribe to through them. Mm-hmm. And every single day, as you, it, you will get scriptures to read through the Bible. It's to help you walk through the Bible every day with just a little bit of a... And here's what I saw when I looked at this, to help you kind of frame your own thinking about what God's Word means, because nothing will transform your life. No book, no friendship book, no sermon mm-hmm. like being in the words itself. So I'd love okay. to go through that with you. Thank uh, you and then, so much. And then, we have, and then we have a podcast coming out. So. Okay. Thank you so much, Kim. We've run out of time. What a great way for us to spend this afternoon. Um, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.